Welcome to the Peach Pit Fitness Podcast, part of the Think Fit, Be Fit Podcast Network, where we put the power of dynamic fitness back in your hands one mental rep at a time. Effective thinking for potent fitness. Welcome to the Peach Pit. Okay. Happy New Year, Peach Pit. Happy New Year. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you believe it? 2023. Yeah. I love the just nice evenness of 2022, like just the number of it. And when you look at like the dates every day, there was like an element of luck in there. Just looking at it. You're like, oh, look at the cool, like matching up numbers, synchronicity. So I don't know how I feel about it. I think 2023 is going to have its little fun quirks too. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, and I got a new planner, so I'm so excited about oh, that. Nice. I'm sure the podcast will benefit from this. So I'm and glad I you guys... love a new planner. There's yeah. nothing starts the year off like better than feeling just like fresh and clean, even if it falls by the wayside come February. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get another fresh start at your birthday, technically. So it's it's oh, fine. Okay. Yeah, okay. if you think about it, you yeah, know, yeah, it's a whole other new year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. uh, sunny side up over here, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's so good to be here with you. I'm just, it's great. great to see you. It's great to be back. Yeah. I'm excited we, to get into today's topic. Yes. Back training. Yeah. So, we've talked about other parts of the back, like the glutes before. Mm, um, yeah, posterior yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the back of the body. But you know, like we said before, we hadn't ventured above the waist too much. Not or... too much. No, we've been yeah. Because <laughs> if we were talking about... half dominant, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was like so on theme for 2022. Like, well, but the but the podcast That's... is called Peach Pit. Yeah, so we had reason for. Focusing on peachy areas. Yeah, we thought yeah. we were relating really well, but now we yes. feel like it's a good time to expand yes. and explore Absolutely. new areas. Yeah. So in that energy, exploring new areas, I thought I'd like start with like my own story about back training. So I used to hate it and now mm. I love it. Mm. So I'll start with that. I used to not like it because I could feel fatigue for days afterwards. Oh, okay. Interesting. In different parts of my body. Mm. Um, through, so if we're talking about, you know, pretty wide timeline here for me, because I started exploring upper body exercises as a teenager, right? I, I, you know, I was in the gym as a teenager following muscle and fitness for, you know, uh, like I had the magazine in my hand mm-hmm. while I was at the gym. Like, how cute is nice. that? Nice. <laughs> and, and bold. Like, there's your Aries energy right there. I'm a, yes. a 16 year old coming in with my magazine. I'm like, I don't cute. care what I look like. I'd love to see a picture. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like a stranger to it. But also, like growing up as a soccer player, you don't get that much exposure to it. So, and I think many female athletes can probably agree. Like, they just don't get much exposure to upper body training. And maybe that's where the fear starts. And I had fear. Well, and it's because I wasn't maybe properly educated and I wasn't doing things optimally. And then I would feel fatigue and I feel kind of crappy. Mm. Um, 
which is not what we want from exercise. That's no, what I'm not ideal, but, but you don't know learning. that either yeah. when you're 16. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You think it's supposed to hurt. Yeah. No pain, no gain, man. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so that changed for me, not until I was in my mid thirties. And so learning MAT, I was relying a lot on my upper body for work. Mm, So I just felt fatigued all the time. And there's probably other reasons for that. Your girl's got her gut health in check now, and we're not fatiguing as much. My brain's nice and happy and awake. And so long story long. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. I used another uh, upper body exercise to get Mm. really comfortable with being appropriately uncomfortable. Interesting. What other upper body exercise did you use? Okay, this is the hot tea. No one else is going to say this, but I am uh, so curious. <laughs> uh, dips were life changing for me. Oh, dips. Yes. Really? Yeah. Totally what? changed my perspective. It, from a from an output stand from like a like a feeling um like um, like an it, overcoming a an well, obstacle type. Yes. Okay. Not because because you were necessarily strengthening your back doing dips, but because you just felt like you, it was a challenging thing to to challenging mentally. I didn't, you don't feel safe when you first start doing them. You're like, you're like, Whoa, this is a lot of tour, like a lot of strain. Especially right. If you like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'd already taken those biomechanics classes and (laughs) I had all the ideas of what could go wrong. And but I stuck through it. I had someone program for me who said, you know, if you, this is what you want, like you need to work on strength for your upper body. And this is like the tempo I want you going. And so he had me going really slow on the eccentric. Um, they were assisted with weight or a band. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with it. And and it totally changed my strength. It totally changed my elbow strength, my wrist, Mm. my chest, my the upper back. And I gained so much confidence from that. That's really cool. Yeah. That's very so it's funny because when you started your story, you said, you know, that you back training was never your favorite, that you didn't Mm -hmm. like it. And I have had similar experiences where back and biceps is like have been my least favorite things to train often. My issue with training back a lot of the time was every time I would sit down and do some kind of cable row Mm -hmm. or machine row, even on a really good machine, I would always feel my right shoulder. Hmm. Yeah. And I just couldn't, you know, I would like try to change things up. I would have MAT, like what address the situation, hopefully. And I just could never feel good about my right shoulder that it, it it felt like joint stuff was happening not like I was actually like working my back mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. I was like I'm just gonna do these one arm at a time so <laughs> yeah. now I generally well for a long time I just did only a one arm row yeah whether it was with a cable or a dumbbell or a machine with one side at a time and that never has bothered my right shoulder. And yeah. then sometimes then I've brought it back together with both arms and it's better than it was mm. before. Interesting. So it's so interesting how like, but having either like a fear or like just not feeling secure or 
Like it's just, yeah. Or a hardcore bias. Well, and it, right. How, how much does that then like, it just feeds into it. So it becomes a whole thing. So like you had a couple <laughs> bad experiences or whatever. And now it's like, I hate training back, mm-hmm. but like that whole thing about, you know, like knowing sort of the direction you're going in, but being flexible about the methods that you're using to get there, because who would think that like you doing dips you know, mm-hmm. consistently and like responsibly over a course of time would even translate necessarily into you really enjoying training back. Yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. have thought that was not what I thought you were going to say. When, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's I the love best. that. Yeah. And then when you said that, like I also, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of one arm row pool exercises now that I think about it. And yeah. So I think what we're trying to say is we're here for you guys. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's so interesting to share these stories because, mm-hmm. you know, I think, Oops. yeah, it's so there's always, I think most people have like one thing at least that they're like, yeah, I just really don't love training that body part mm. or I don't feel like I can connect to it, which I think also comes up a lot with back. People have a hard time like really feeling their back. Mm-hmm. I get so many times like, well, all I feel is my arms mm. or I feel my shoulder, you know, like and you can cue and and it's so rewarding or when you do start to actually feel the stuff that you want to be feeling, right? Um, but it can be a process to get there. Yeah, that is a rewarding thing. And it's a good thing to ask ourselves when we think about our strength training habits and routine. It's like, what is rewarding about this? You know? Mm. And for me, confidence just like knowing that i'm waking up stronger just really makes me happy you know and then it's also like knowing i you know i can execute well i'm like really proud of that skill and it's really fun to explore within that so maybe i you know challenge a few of my clients and the audience to think about that. Like, what is it that is so like, what do you find yeah. rewarding about this? And that's off the topic of back training, but. <laughs> well, but it's part of training. Yeah. Anything. Um, yeah. And yeah. Cause like so many of our clients at this studio that I'm sitting in get a lot of reward in, in, in different ways that when they yeah. learn about their body, and they learn, you know, what how to move and mm-hmm. getting that reward of like, oh, I feel this in the right place. And then all the and then they're starting to transition into like working out more. Yeah. And that's the reward, you know. So and I think that's really relevant for back training. I so I I think that's really important also to keep in mind that like. You know, I think so many times people think like, I'm going to the gym either to get stronger. So if I don't see the number moving up, then I might feel like I'm not accomplishing what I set out to accomplish, or I want to get leaner. So if I'm not seeing a change in my body fat percentage, then I feel disempowered because I'm not accomplishing the thing I like in the time frame that I thought I was going to accomplish it. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, right? Like we max out, like we might not be able to lift heavier. So then at that point, 
what does keep you going back? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you find that makes you feel good about what you're doing? And how can I, yeah, like something with something like back, it's like, how can I connect more to the things I want to feel? Is that in and of itself can be the goal? Not mm-hmm. so much like, let me just add more weight to this and feel good about it because it's more than I did last week. Mm. Yes, and exactly. So like the one of the topics we you know ha- have on our you know docket today is this you know what what back exercises look like in the day-to-day like gym operations like you know what the gym staff might see every day mm. for the last several decades. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> And, Another person um, doing pull downs. Great. Yeah. Another person doing pull ups. Awesome. <laughs> oh my and, god. And <laughs> um, yeah, and you know what? So it's like what I, I think. Like I wanted to call that the elephant mm. in the room, which mm. you know, which is the execution of an exercise, mm. right? Yeah. And I also wanted to tie in part of the reward of back training for some people might be a certain look mm. and that gets pushed around on the internet. So when you much. say a certain look, yeah. do you mean like physically like an aesthetic look or do you mean like how it looks when you're actually doing the exercise? Oh, the aesthetic. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, like, like the, what was the invis- invisible or vis- what is it? IPL or oh. IL, ILS invisible lat syndrome. When people like walk around with their arms out away yes. from their body. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, she's referring to like I, I saw a TV show where the guy was doing it and it was so funny. It was on Apple and it was this guy who had gone to prison and he got stuck like being working for the FBI, helping to like reveal another prisoner's like confession. Okay. And he was this like shorter Italian guy and he was walking around like this the whole like with his arms out yeah, the side. Like, like, yeah, like, and his acting was superb, That's except awesome. for that thing was so distracting. <laughs> okay. But do you think it was a part of the character? Was it like meant I think to be? it had to be. I think I have to follow up and like That's I, so funny. I, you'd have to like watch him walk on in like on his Instagram or some stupid right. thing. So I don't know if I'll ever find out, but it definitely felt like it could have been part of the character and he could have been showing up a certain persona. Posturing. Yeah. Like posturing. Yeah. Yeah. Make himself seem bigger than he is. He had to. It was pretty brutal. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But you're talking like physically. Yeah. I am speaking physically. So it's like, uh, and that gets thrown around the internet a lot. Like, Get uh do this for the lat oh, um look. Yes, the taper, the, the v taper. taper. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh thicker parts of the muscle mm. and thinner parts, and you can focus on them this and that way. And so you and I dug into that a little bit. And I think it's interesting. I don't think it's like worth like blowing over, but again, like there's this elephant in the room of execution. Right. So it's possible that certain exercises might bias certain fibers more than other fibers. And perhaps one would create more width and one would create more thickness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But right. Also, there's also the way that people tend to perform a lot of these exercises 
that might even be a bigger topic. But I do agree with you. It's like interesting that it makes sense that you train in or train do one exercise and you might feel that in one way and you train mm. and do another exercise, you might feel that in a different way. Mm. So like, yeah. right. And, and so one might lead more towards like, if we're building the muscle, one might lead more towards width and one might lead more towards depth. No, I don't know. <laughs> but so much yeah. of the v, the v taper thing also mm-hmm. is like with so much body of bodybuilding, it's about if somebody has a very little waist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they will look like they have bigger mm-hmm. lats in proportion to their waist circumference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where, but so, but if somebody's a little bit thicker through their waist, yeah, you might have the same size lat, but it just might not look the same as if you had a really narrow yeah. waist. And then I think that just like leans to people you know, defaulting on their good genetics for promoting a certain thing, you know, and it's back to the same old problem we keep running into with the internet and exercise and like that there's this weird marketing cycle Mm -hmm. of, you know, there's not enough of this. Don't do this exercise, but only do this exercise. And like, it's just like the weirdest thing. And the... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where like having um even like a better understanding of mm-hmm. like, but wait, what is it that I'm actually seeing? Because sometimes you can see like thickness in like say glutes, for example. Well, what's really there? We're talking the muscle, but there also may be fat over top of the muscle. Like you're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of things. Getting a better and that's great. Like it, and not it doesn't matter how much fat or how much muscle. But just like, what am I visually seeing right now? The same way with like lats can be deceiving because like if somebody has a very narrow waist, that might look, but once you start to like look at it and be like, what is it I'm actually looking at? Mm -hmm. I think it can be empowering like for when they're like on Instagram influencers or something trying to market a particular thing, trying to see through Mm -hmm. that if there's something to be seen, something to see through. Mm -hmm. I don't, so I think... What's interesting about the internet and the majority of like the advice that it offers for back training, it would make you think that you would have to feel certain muscles in order Mm. for the change to happen. Mm. And because, and like, I've just seen so many different scenarios, like if teaching somebody some sort of bent over row and they're like, I feel mm. this in my hamstrings. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it is yeah, a hamstring yeah. exercise. Good <laughs> in a way. Yes. So I'm glad you brought that up because earlier when I was saying a lot of people tend to feel back exercises in their arms, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean your back's not working. Yeah. You may be feeling bent over rows. In your lower back and your hamstrings and your glutes, like, and provided you're doing things like kind of correctly, like you Mm -hmm. also could very well be working your back or are working your back too. Mm -hmm. It's just might not be speaking as loudly as something else. Yeah. So I guess the internet's trying to train us to like buy into the sensation of all of it and like, and, it's just like might not be part of your early on process. Like it was right. not for me. Like I felt yeah. the fatigue in my wrist and my hands and my arms. And 
Right. I, I felt like even with a, you know, basic certification, I felt like I was doing things wrong and then I avoided it. Hmm. And I think, I think a lot of people can, I, you know, kind of say, yeah, me too, you know? And I think we can, I think we can do better. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that's a really good point, especially, and I don't want to, I don't want to say this because I, it's not female or male, but I do think that women generally speaking have tended to train with less heavy weights mm -hmm. and when they have worked out generally in the past. I yeah. mean, certainly there are more women training with heavier weights now, but, yeah. but there's a lot of things, right? Like your wrists, for example, mm -hmm. like it makes sense that there would be those body parts would have to get comfortable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with that. And I think it can feel very scary and intimidating mm -hmm. when you start to lift heavier weights because those things very well may fatigue before your grip, yeah. your elbows, you may be feeling things that are going yeah. into different ranges and positions that they haven't been in with weights that you haven't used before. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward two months later, our confidence is shot and we've got five pun pound dumbbells and we're just holding them over our head doing curtsy lunges. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and hey, I mean, so <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. And then I don't know. And that, yeah. And then that's, I don't know. I, I think that's the slope, you know, that we're trying to, you know, kind of veer you away from. It's, it might uh, just take some time. Yeah. It might take some time to build confidence. It might take some time for those other things to catch up where you yeah. can really start to, um, you know, when we were doing our glute episode a while back and we were talking about like trying to, some people would feel certain things in their quads or like the whole purpose, like, oh, with like a, oh, the frog pumps, remember frog pump episode, right? Oh, like yeah. different people feel things in different ways. Mm -hmm. I would try the frog pump and it just didn't, I didn't like, I didn't feel good to my body. It didn't feel like I was feeling my glutes the way that I can feel my glutes and other things. Mm -hmm. And, and to what we were saying, but also earlier, like it doesn't mean maybe my glutes weren't working. Maybe I'm just used to a different thing. And maybe if I did them enough, I would get to where I like really could feel it. But I think having patience with all of these things, like it's not, there's just not going to ever be one set right approach. Mm -hmm. It's also malleable yeah. and individual, I guess is really what I'm trying to say is individual. Yeah. Well, and like looking at training variables in isolation is not, it's like not that helpful, you know, if you don't talk about the whole system of stimulating and recovering mm. and, you know, it's just not, yeah. So it, yeah, it's just not super useful. That's what the way I'll put it, you know, you can definitely talk about individual training variables and it's fun to do so. But if you just end the conversation there, it ends up being black and white, I guess. It has to really be for a specific individual at mm -hmm. a given time, like in, in the moment. <laughs> when you said, you know, the reference to like women and being shy of just weights in general, I, you know, I did think like, okay, 10 years ago would have been, 15 years ago would have been weird to see a female bench pressing in the gym. Mm. 
And I think it's a little bit normal now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, as much as I'm not like a fan of CrossFit for my own reasons, um, Mm -hmm. I do think that it has given women more of, um, a platform or an an outlet, like a space Mm -hmm. to feel a community of -hmm. support of Mm -hmm. other women lifting heavy weights. And, um, I think that that's, uh, it's it's become more mainstream. Yeah. So, but um, I, but but again, one of the things I don't. But I'm not going to go into CrossFit. But but what you were talking about earlier, the internet and that kind of thing, and things that you see, and things you even see in the gym, a lot of like the elephant in the room. Hmm. I think is a really important thing for us to discuss. Yeah, I almost forgot. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is with so many different, we certainly see it a lot in back training, but it comes up in any kind of training. Mm -hmm. Training of any, could come up in any, and a lot of different exercises for different body parts. Um, The idea that you see people doing the same thing over and over and I, I'm going to say, I don't, I'm just because I don't know a better word at the moment incorrectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, I don't want to ever be like, no, that's not, that's wrong. That's right. Cause there can be like good reasons for why you're doing something. There can be strategic, mm-hmm. but a lot of times you, if you didn't know anything and you kept going to the gym over and over and you kept seeing people train back, you would think it was really normal mm-hmm. to initiate a lot of back exercises with momentum. Mm-hmm. The M word. Um, (laughs) again, if you're doing it on purpose and for a specific reason, yeah. Okay, cool. But a lot of people are like, that's the way you perform that exercise. And so that's the way I'm going to perform that exercise. Yeah. And that's where it gets, yeah. Where we could be more efficient with our exercise. We wouldn't have to, I don't, yeah. I I don't like the, like, the whole idea of like the ego lift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you've been used to training with a certain weight mm-hmm. and somebody's like, I want you to, d- to deduct that weight mm-hmm. by half mm-hmm. and do it differently. That mm-hmm. can be a real mind mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. What if I told you the biggest thing standing in the way of peak performance is potentially something as simple as changing how you breathe? We at Think Fit Be Fit rely on science for new ways to optimize performance. That's why we've partnered with NeuroPeak Pro and their new product, the Entel Belt. NeuroPeak has developed the next generation of wearable tech. This belt is a real-time training device designed to teach users how to breathe properly in order to strengthen their resilience to stress, recover quickly, and effectively execute the task in front of them. If you're ready to begin unleashing the true power of breath, download the free NeuroPeak Pro app to experience their precision breath training or dive deeper into the science of breath training by visiting thinkfitbefitpodcast.com slash NPP. Your best training is a breath away. So if I put myself in the shoes of a gym staff, Yes. And I don't speak much English. I don't know what people are saying. I'm just doing my job, but I'm observing at the same time. Right. I would definitely think it was normal for people to use momentum 
the, you know, in a back exercise. Yes. Like a seesaw, you know, I think it would, I think that it would be very normal and comfortable for my observational eye and that it would be a little abnormal to see, let's say me (laughs) at the gym with my sometimes electrical stim on going at a slow controlled pace and you know in enjoying that slow controlled pace right like that would be the abnormal sighting so if you don't know what we're talking about yet (laughs) just in case imagine the weight stack moving fast and the person also moving quite quickly at the same time and like the you know what what what's being produced within that cycle of effort and resistance right most likely the person is using the speed to bypass maybe like weakness or control or just get it done quickly to say that they hit a certain number and hit a certain number of repetitions and you know um to Marith and I, it looks sloppy. We'll just kind of say in our head, like, oh, maybe it's their drop set <laughs> or, or just something to make it sugar-coated and walk on. Yeah. I generally try to just not look, but like, but, I, but also like, it was cool though in my, in, in just like looking through stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely see people demonstrate, even people that are talking intelligently about mm-hmm. like the mechanics and like when they show it in the video, it's like they're thrusting the weight, they're hoisting mm-hmm. the weight, or using hip momentum, hip back, you know, yeah. to try and like get ahead of the weight or something. Yeah. But there was somebody who was using, like doing that on the way down concentrically and then doing like a slow, controlled, negative, eccentric motion. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, I mean, that is thought out for why they're yeah. doing it. And again, like you wouldn't necessarily do that as a beginner. Like you would do that for a specific reason, a specific goal or whatever. But yeah, the, it's that, that haphazardness of the first way mm-hmm. that just seems, and, and then, then I just wonder, you know, you can't blame somebody if that's all they've really seen people doing yeah. in the gym and that's how they've learned. Yeah. And also like the context of the name. Okay. Let's like rowing. It's called rowing. And guess what yeah, rowing looks true. like? That's true. You're it's, right. You know, the, so... Right. You, if you thought you were like on a rower, mm-hmm. a rowing machine, you might have the idea that it's similar to that <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah I get that. Exactly. That's a good point. Right. And, yeah. And that's yeah. what I get upset about. Like, I just wish there were better names for exercises. Mm. And so this is where it can be really, because uh, we can put ourselves in different places in space. Like yeah. you were talking about the bent over row earlier, which yeah. I, I think of as being a very challenging, like if it's unsupport, like you're not using a bench to like support so your, hard. you're just yeah. doing a barbell row bent over. There's a lot of stuff to your point earlier. Like if you're feeling your hamstrings, that's, mm-hmm. you could see how somebody might be or their glutes or lower back for sure. That's a really, I think, challenging and not for everyone mm-hmm. exercise. Just mm-hmm. because like there's more risk than there is benefit for a lot of people. Yeah. But that's where something knowing like what each exercise offers, like mm-hmm. having a machine row, I think can be really beneficial because you do have like a support. Mm-hmm. 
you do have something that, but again, even on machine rows with a support, I see people pull away from they it. They totally bypass it. Yeah. So knowing what it's there for and how to use it is again like another challenge. It's another part of the learning process. Yeah. I think it would be a good service for a gym to have an intro session with people, not for their goals, not for their bad body fat measurement, but like an literal introduction to the machine. I'm not sure. A lot of people, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm not sure how good people are at teaching that. I'm not sure how good, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like that's one of those things that's really hard to learn. Mm -hmm. If you've never experienced it, it can be a really challenging thing because it goes so much against what you want to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is like having yes. to retrain, and and I don't think enough people often want to back off the weight mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. to where they like could then rebuild mm. from a lighter weight. And okay. I don't know; I could be really wrong, and I don't want to like misjudge and like say that I know people because everybody's different. And like, yeah, my solution was very naive. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 I love that solution. Though I love the idea that there's somebody there that is just like teaching people about technique. I mean, how cool would it be if there was a machine nerd at every But I have to do you remember like the like I remember my early days of training. Okay. And you have to be a floor trainer. Yeah. And you're supposed to go talk to people yeah. and like help them with things. And a lot of times people do not want help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They want they they they're like, and they don't even, I don't even know that they care that they're doing it wrong sometimes. Mm. No, that's not everybody. I was in New York City. Perhaps people are nicer elsewhere. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, but you have you have to, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but well, I think it's a good, I think it's a good one because it's, you know, you mentioned something really important, which was you know, what the body wants to do right? when they meet up with this resistance. Like, hey, resistance. <laughs> and that happens in a lot of exercises. I swiped not left just on you. Training. What's up? <laughs> yes. We are, we are inherently like designed to get away from challenge. Yes. We, that is, you are doing your job in life. If yes. you have figured out how to have the path of like least resistance, except that yep. that's the exact opposite thing that you want to do when you're in the gym. Yes. So... If you're on team, we want to make like 85 the new 30, okay? <laughs> um, maybe not that. Maybe like 65 the new 30. 40, okay. maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's already done. That's okay. that, That's okay. been done. Okay. So, you know, we're talking about longevity. So challenging yourself with the control factor is what we're trying to like really like say, hey, embrace this if you want to have success with this. And that's it. Because the cool thing is that you can then take that mm-hmm. control and you can go back to doing it the other way and you're probably going to be stronger. Mm-hmm. You might not mm-hmm. want to go back to doing it the other way, but you mm-hmm. can apply that. I think you have a better opportunity to actually stimulate the muscles that you might be trying to stimulate with less joint injury possibly Mm -hmm. because you don't maybe need as much weight as you thought you did if -hmm. you're doing it with control Mm -hmm. to get the same benefit and then yeah and potentially like a lot less risk which makes your whole endeavor like 
If the goal is to get to 85 being 40 Mm -hmm. or 35. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to get there with like broken bones, ideally. Yeah, Yeah, that's the whole thing. (laughs) The the shoulder replacements and hip replacements. I mean, if you need those things, that's fine. But like, we don't want to like encourage it any more than we... Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely don't want to encourage that. Um, No. I, I really think like you know, the more you avoid a joint replacement, the better. Right. Like it yes, is. I agree. Because <laughs> uh, once you start, it's really hard to, you know, anyways, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, yeah, the momentum thing really is the elephant in the room when it comes to like, you're looking up all these cool back exercises I got into a really fun EMG rabbit hole and I was just like fascinated. Mm, yeah. And I learned about how they, you have to adjust like the amplitude mm. for what joint you're looking at and what muscle you're looking at. And I just thought that was also interesting. But, you know, the whole like conversation about like, hey, you should feel at this place and this and there. Um, and, you know, if you think the only way you can get that is throwing on more weight, mm. that's the problem. Like that is the elephant in the room and that the momentum lifting is the norm. That's also a problem. And yeah, the classic example of that is, of course, the bicep curls where you're just throwing your weight onto your heels. Yeah. Uh, you got the weight forward and then you throw it up as your elbows bend. But then it's, you know, the lap pull down, just pulling your ass up I... off the seat. Just, well, so yeah. So what are some of your, what do you think about when you're doing some of these exercises so that you don't do that? Yeah, I've got my, okay. So I've got one, I think it's probably a creative where people might not think of this one when they say, Hey, do you have any upper body back training tips? Okay. And what my, I think one of my, this suggestion is the most difficult, which is um, learning how to like pressure your rib cage. Mm. Uh, figuring that requires figuring out if you're a chest breather. <laughs> okay. Uh, figuring out if you're breathing too much. Mm. So, uh, isn't that an interesting yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah. That we can do. Yeah. 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 That comes up for sure. So, you could just call that, you know, checking in with the like the rib cage because that's essentially where all these muscles are hanging. That's where they're mm-hmm. attaching and and what they're moving, right? Like so I think it would be a really good idea to to learn what it means to pressurize like the ribs, the abdominals, the breath. And I think then you can have if you learn how to do that, I think you'll have some really successful back training with, you know, if and you embrace the control factor. Okay. That's what very was my cool. Other thing? You go. I forgot my second one. It'll come to me. My favorite one, and it just feels tried and true for me, is to imagine I'm pulling myself up out of the seat. So if I'm mm. pulling down, I'm actually trying to do a pull-up. It for whatever reason that helps me to initiate. So instead of thinking about moving back mm-hmm. as I start to lift the weight or start to move the weight down, I'm thinking about pulling up and it allows me to maintain the postural position that I, mm-hmm. that I like. Yeah. Um, and I say like just what? Yeah. It's very engaging that. mentally. Yeah. But yeah. And it's the same thing I think about when I'm rowing. So mm-hmm. if I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about pulling myself towards the weight 
as opposed to leaning back to pull the weight towards me. And I, yeah, I mean, I, with any, whether it's a dumbbell row or a barbell row or a cable row, mm-hmm. that's always kind of what I'm thinking of, is keeping my torso really still, mm. but, or moving toward, even though I'm not actually moving towards the barbell, like mm-hmm. pulling myself to the barbell, not the barbell to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I love that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, now at this point I do that naturally and it just makes me think like, whoa, like that's some real gem that's a real gem that I haven't even thought about like sharing with someone else. Cause I just, I do it naturally at this point. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I, I, um, I think also the thing too, is like what ends up happening, at least when I'm working with some clients is if the thought is to pull it down, Mm -hmm. it's just, they, it's like getting the bar to my chest. Like the, the thought is like, I just need to get this bar to my chest. Mm-hmm. Which is not really where it, it, the, the, your chest is arbitrary. The relationship to because it's if we've stopped using the stuff that we're trying to use, really, mm-hmm. and it just becomes like so, other stuff gets in the way, like elbows slide back, and the you know you just just becomes about get it down however you can. Mm-hmm. So like that will often take it out to just yeah that that if the momentum is thinking down, let's change it so that now we're thinking up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, but I think that's the thing too, is playing around with different cues is really important to find different things for different people. Cause some yeah. people might respond to that and other people are like, what you want me to pull up? Cause then the other thing that can happen, right. Is that like people could leave their shoulders up as they mm-hmm. pull down. So <laughs> it's, it's everybody's, I know, it's a cool we're, we're not putting that on the video highlight. Don't put that one on. <laughs> Back training with Meredith Mack. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that was funny. I can't help it sometimes. <laughs> oh man. Oh, sorry, you guys can see the um okay. So man, yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll just end up um yeah, just holding their shoulders up, but they're keeping their torso still. There you um, go. <laughs> and maybe that maybe for some people that is like a progression, right? Like yeah. that's another exploration of what. Because that's the thing. I think we think like back, we're thinking like, oh, it's one thing. But how much stuff is actually mm-hmm. happening between mm-hmm. your, all these joints, all yeah. the spinal joints, all the scapular stuff and glenohumeral stuff and elbow stuff. I mean, we didn't even get into like pronation, supination, neutral grip, I know. wide, narrow. Yeah. Back. Like it yeah. becomes, a, there's a lot of stuff happening in these exercises, there's a lot to hold still. Mm. There's a lot to, yeah. Think about what's moving, what's staying still. Yeah. So I think my second tip is on that staying still piece, Mm. which is if there's a seatbelt, use it. Mm. Mm. People like some of my clients, I've said that to them. I'm like, look, if there is like a constraint, like there, use it. I was like, yeah, Yeah, isn't there like some, is I mean, MedEx, equipment Mm -hmm. is great at really like restraining people Mm -hmm. and like certain, I mean, if you literally could not move, (laughs) all you could do was move your arms or whatever. Like, yeah. 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 So, I mean, if there's like a, like a leg pad that you can put down, yep, that can be really helpful for extra support. Yeah. Yeah. Or bracing. I'd say explore using that stuff. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. so that's a little bit more broader than just use the seatbelt, but like, 
Yeah, if there's constraining pieces to the yeah, equipment, like on a pullover, there's often like a seatbelt mm-hmm. to buckle into, and the the front chest pad. If mm-hmm. we're talking about mm-hmm. some rowing mm-hmm. machines, yeah, like, yeah, try to control like the urge stay connected to, to the come pad. off of there. Yeah, stay <laughs> yeah. connected there. Um, or like, at what point in the range do I want to start pulling away from it? You know, mm-hmm. and trying to play around with. Yeah. And I said, that's if I had a third one, it's that it's like asking yourself that question, like, what am I doing in these transition points? Mm. Like when I want when the body wants to follow the weight or once mm. the, you know, the weights win in the tug of war or, you know, what does your body what does the weight want your body to do? And, yeah. you know, asking yourself that question and then the answer is going to be like, that's the part you can control to get more output to get that safe, optimal, awesome peach bit exercise. <laughs> well, there's another thing that I, that reminded me of is like, if you're wondering if you're using momentum, try stopping the weight, like mm-hmm. at multiple points along the path. Like, can I stay, can I bring it here and hold it? Can I bring it here and hold it? Can I bring mm. it here and hold it? Mm. Like, cause it, then you can't really ever yeah. build up enough movement somewhere else to, yeah. That's um not that I would do that with every rep all the time, but yeah. just like fun things to play around with. Yeah, that well, that's what Ami does for sure. That's one of her mm. that's one of her fun things. Um <laughs> to torture you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, she's one of my she's one of my resistance mentors, like yes, for, yes, sure, for sure. You know, yeah. And then you know what else popped up into my head when we were talking is like, you know, I have this like marvelous machine, this pulley machine mm-hmm. for a restore training system. And, you know, it's as, it's as close to isolation as you're going to get Yeah. without, yeah. Okay. So, and even then when we attach the pulleys right to the chest to do some spinal extension, Mm. very, like, it's so cool when you can feel the extensors working, but you also can't ignore the other muscles and the activities going on because you can feel because it's so light you can feel the the blood pumping you know what i mean you, you feel oh, like the the more blood flow in the air even just in the muscles of your standing of your posture okay. as you're doing the extension huh. and so it's just you know when you're scrolling you know on instagram and this guy's like hey you can isolate your whatever lat this and that you know you're how is that possible when you're pulling with your arm and your shoulder so that's the next podcast right Um, (laughs) yeah yeah you know like the grips the you know brachialis uh you know terry's major like they have a huge role in these pull downs yeah so i think it's a good time to Skirt on over to our 90s icon. Oh, I've been waiting for it. She's uh, going to surprise me with it. I have no idea what she's about to say. Oh, my God. Cindy Crawford. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I like Cindy Crawford. Okay. Well, okay, she yeah. has a three-part workout video. Really? From 1992. Okay. And holy crap, does Kaya Gerber look exactly like her? So that's her daughter, who's also a supermodel. Okay, okay. Sorry, I was. You might not even. I mean, I. So I love celebrity kid news. Like, (laughs) 
it is just that is one of my teas like that is just That's one of so my funny. guilty pleasures is knowing what the celebrity kids are up to okay. so kaya gerber <laughs> live <is>, vicariously <laughs> yeah kaya gerber is cindy crawford's daughter okay and if you saw and you know how the 90s are just like so hot and yummy right now so yeah, you, really. I saw that yeah. there's going to be a, a 90s boy band bar opening <laughs> up in New York City. I was like, okay, I guess the <laughs> 90s really are coming back. All right. Oh, my God. Sorry, okay. continue. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, if they have like a fitness group X class. Right. So I got so excited about this fitness video. Okay. I have so many things to say. What was it called? It's just what Cindy it Crawford Shape Your Cindy? Body Workout 1992. Okay. okay. And it's three workouts. Okay. Um, so I got so excited. I was like, oh my God, like I want an online event where we can all watch this together because it is so. Did you watch it? A lot of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the was three workouts. YouTube? Yeah. Okay. The three workouts add up to 140 minutes. <laughs> okay. And. So at the beginning, she's got a cute message, which I'm going to play. Oh. Come on in. And, uh, and it's cute. Don't get me wrong. But okay. then she's like, and then it, I don't know, it just changes. Well, so. I got to hear it. Everyone thinks that models have perfect bodies and everyone thinks that I have a perfect body because I shoot swimsuits and lingerie and that's definitely not true. We always say, oh, I hate this about myself and I, I don't like that. And we never focus on the, the things about ourselves that we do like. We're so hard on ourselves. It's really satisfying for me to learn like which exercises work, which muscles and to really, you know, watch it as you do it. And when you do the pushback, you know that you're working the triceps. Where I was sore was where I wanted to be sore. You know, everyone, all the girls always worry about their rear end and their legs and their stomach. I feel like not a weak little female. I feel like I'm macho. I want you to feel empowered. That's and so cool. And a little like you really worked your butt off. First time you do something just for you. And, and it does so take physically because it's not easy. I met Reggie. Okay. That's really cool. So she says like all it. the right things. Okay. Oh no. I, I, I was with oh, you. Man. I, I was with you out there. <laughs> I was so with you there because I was okay. like, oh, like yeah, I body positive. Feel the right. Okay. Yeah. Carrie Bradshaw would definitely do this workout. One hundred percent. Okay. So every scene is in like the meatpacking district. Interesting. <laughs> so, anyways, there's like ten minutes of just like calisthenic leg swinging. Like with the chair. And then she's like, you know, 15 minutes of lunging. Here we go. Can you, do you think Carrie Bradshaw would do these? I think Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> does Pilates. <laughs> but, but she's got the New York scene there. She so definitely I feel has like, the New York scene. She definitely yeah. has the Sex in the City background for sure, 100%. Yeah. So it's just like that for a while. And yeah. then um, lots of leg kicking. I don't want to do that workout, but I. Lots of. Calisthenics. Like so even further on, you'll see it's like, you know, it, it's just like the same old aerobic dance type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, and, but, and also there's no cues. <laughs> oh. So anyways, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, aesthetically. 
And, yeah, uh, I mean, it's beautiful. She's beautiful. The background's beautiful. What's yeah. Like? <laughs> but yeah, she said all the right things. Her trainers, mm, uh, there, there's some questionable like touching going on there, but I guess 1992, I don't know. Yeah, um, you'd have to look what, at it with 1992 eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd also have to look at it through like the eyes of like this guy looks like he taught ballet kind of thing. Mm. Like he's like holding up her leg, you know, doing the like the stretches and yeah, it just that's the look that it has. So I was like, oh man, she did say all the nice things though that I didn't like to hear. Well, yeah, I, yeah, it's a different, it's a it's a conversation for like a different podcast, but mm-hmm. I, I do. Th- Especially, you know, what we were talking about earlier, it's become a lot more mainstream for women to lift heavier weights now. But in the 90s, I'm sure it was still very much like aerobics, mm-hmm. aerobic style workouts for women like dumbbells, if dumbbells at all. And so selling, if you're trying to market something, especially like things that models do or, mm. you know, it would be more in line with that sort of thing. But yeah, it's fun. So- Cindy Crawford, if you'd like to come on oh, and talk to us thank you for uh, it to me. <laughs> <laughs> about your updated methods, I'd love yeah, to well, hear. That would be interesting. You know, I'd yeah. love to know what she does now. Yeah. So somebody let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've cringed my way through the internet for this episode. Too much. Too much. You need a break. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That's why it's a monthly podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to take in. Yeah. We, it's, it's a lot for it us to take in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, internet. That. Yeah. Um. That. So, I thought that was a really good episode. I hope you I enjoyed like- it. I enjoyed. <laughs> I always feel like we have like a little bit of a therapy session here too. Yeah. So, gym therapy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hashtag not real therapy though. Not real therapy. No, 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 no. It's not real therapy. It's just really like for Jen and me to yeah, yeah work through some of our gym issues. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all in the effort to like yes. really just enlighten your cu- curiosity to explore, like explore the factors of strength training, the varying your variables, basically, and cues. Not like Cindy Crawford, who didn't use a single cue. Well, but she's really not the funny. trainer either, you know? It would have been interesting if they had, like, trained her to to do that. I wonder, yeah, if that well, was you can see, intentional or... Yeah, I don't know. But she was very excited. Like, yeah. when they would start, like, the movement, she'd be like, you do it like this. <gasps> and, then, and then her trainer would say something like, I, I didn't even, I couldn't even hear him. And, then, and 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 she's like, okay, twenty. Kicking <laughs> her leg. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and then I was like, how was she so sore? And I was like, man, she was just like fifty leg kicks. That's amazing. So, um, a lot of questions, Cindy Crawford. A lot of questions. <laughs> I need you to go uh, back to nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. That Jen. That was thirty years ago. <laughs> crazy oh man holy cow well well, thank god 60 is the new 35 right (laughs) there we go all right i love you i love you thank you you, peach pit thank you peach pit thank you so much for listening and being a part of the think fit be fit podcast network don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family If you're interested in further resources, check out the show notes or visit our website, thinkfitbefitpodcast.com.